From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. You've done it. You've tuned national news from the WIA for week commencing April 9, 2017. Why reinvent the wheel, I say. The following story is a report I recorded earlier this week for Amateur Radio Newsline. Editor Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, contacted me to get some info about Cyclone Debbie for the USA Amateur Radio Newsline. Now, unlike most other states in Australia, no single Weiss and Queensland setup is in action. Different regions have their own resources. In fact, when you do click any Weiss and Queensland link, it defaults to Brisbane area Weiss. Now, two hams in VK do have their finger on the pulse, and when Karen contacted them to work, they went and didn't let us down. These two are Ewan McLeod, VK4ERM, and Gavin Rybolt, VK4ZuluZulu. So, this next item, our first this week, was written by Karen, GD2GUT, from ERM and ZZ's material, voiced for both Amateur Radio Newsline and WIA National News by VK4 Baker Baker, Yours truly. Amateur Radio responded despite challenges of its own as Tropical Cyclone Debbie battered the tourist and agricultural centres in north and central Queensland. The storm knocked out the power infrastructure, halting mining operations, destroying buildings, bridges, roadways and crops, and wiping out essential amenities in the resort regions. Hams along the cyclone's track, experienced in storm response, made preparations most especially in the regions of Bowen, Mackay, Central Highlands and Townsville, according to Gavin, VK4ZZ, who lives in Townsville. They checked radio gear, dismantled fragile antenna systems and ensured they had enough fuel to run emergency power generators. Gavin told Newsline that by Sunday the 26th of March, hams with HF antennas still aloft boosted call-in numbers on the local nets. He said members of the Townsville Amateur Radio Club, who were out providing communication support for an auto sports hill climb during the day, still kept an eye out on the predicted storm track updates. On Monday, March 27, counter-disaster authorities, which included some embedded hams, tweaked their pre-deployment plans, according to Gavin. Bowen, one of the affected towns, was able to provide VHF repeater coverage throughout and indeed was on the air despite lack of power in the town during the cyclone. This thanks to the Bowen Radio Amateur Group, and in particular Jeff, VK4JDW, who was powering the repeater off the emergency generator at his house, where the repeater is situated. The antenna system survived winds of as much as 125 mile per hour. Further inland, the Central Highlands linked repeater system remained functional, but its northern coastal node, the Midge Point repeater, was disabled by structural and power system damage. Gavin said many hams became part of the recovery efforts, embedded with the Queensland State Emergency Service and other responders. As the cyclone swept out, hams put their HF antennas back up and have joined the nets with stories of either dodging the bullet or being on the recovery trail. He said all eyes were now on the city of Rockhampton, where there were some evacuations as the city dealt with post-cyclonic flooding from the Fitzroy River. Two of Amateur Radio Newsline's regular reporters were isolated for several days as rivers to the south of Brisbane, the VK4 capital city, broke their banks. John VK4JJW and yours truly VK4BB. 
So, filing this report, it's an almost dry VK4BB, Graham Kemp for the Wireless Institute of Australia and Amateur Radio Newsline. Further details on Cyclone Debbie, thanks to Gavin, are in the final final of this week's text edition. You are tuned to the WIA National News Service and on earlier broadcasts we had news that the national carrier Qantas was going to roll out in-flight Wi-Fi, but this has now been delayed. Qantas has found Wi-Fi too unstable and now targets it being available from the middle of the year. Around VK, Yurunga Radio Convention, VK2. The 2017 Yurunga Radio Convention will be on again this Easter, 15-16th of April, the Saturday and Sunday, with fox hunts and convention activities on both days. Quizzes, raffles, radio supply will be in attendance, trade tables available, pre-loved gear, etc. Why not make it a break from your busy lifestyle and slow down a bit at quiet, restful Yurunga, where the rivers meet the sea. It's the longest-running fox hunt convention in Australia. And yes, it's on again. The Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Annual Hamfest, Saturday, July 22, at the Cranbourne Community Hall, corner of Clarendon and High Street, Cranbourne. There'll be door prizes, tea, coffee and a sausage sizzle, and it's all undercover with 41 tables of goodies, so there should be something for everybody. Entry, $6. Doors open at 10, so be there. And don't forget to bring a friend. Australian University Students to Launch Satellite in 2018 Students at the University of Melbourne are well advanced on a program to build a nanosatellite, with the Wireless Institute of Australia assisting in the IARU frequency and other coordination processes. Through the Melbourne Space Program affiliated with the University of Melbourne, all is moving ahead for a handover of the nanosatellite in November and a launch as early as January 2018. Australia is the only OECD nation without a space agency. In 1966, University of Melbourne students built Australia's first satellite that was launched in 1970 as Australis Oscar 5 to be tracked by 200 radio amateurs in 27 different countries. The key objectives include being the first students to launch an Australian nanosatellite, create education, research in space, collaborate with academia and industry and promote gender parity in the STEM, the science, technology and engineering and mathematics and arts disciplines. In VK7, newly elected WIA Director VK7 Tango Whiskey Justin, along with Reuben VK7 FREU, spent a night this week teaching a new group of Huonville Scouts all about amateur radio and what you can do with it. They took them through the many aspects with Reuben focusing on summits on the air, including taking them through soda packs, and then Dale, VK7FNED, showed them the scout group's fox hunting equipment. A quick run through the study and licence requirements along with the cost and then to the activities. Justin and his crew set up Morse code decoders, RF connected terminals, optical transceivers and an SDR receiver for the scouts to play with. Now to see some getting along to Foundation Licence Training soon. There has been concern raised by a report that Morse code was going to be reintroduced for the Australian Foundation Licence. This is not true. Some people believed it, while a few asked the Wireless Institute of Australia for help on how to learn Morse code quickly so they could qualify. However, the answer is simple. It was only an April Fool's Day joke. Morse code proficiency tests were removed in Australia by the ACMA on January 1, 2004, and they are not coming back.
From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. WIA Board Talk, the WIA elections, what happens next? On this broadcast last Sunday, we had the seven names of those elected to the WIA Board of Directors. In case you missed the news, here again is the returning officer. In the first place is Mr Justin Giles-Clark with 1,182 votes. In second place is Mr Gregory Kelly with 1,114 votes. In third place is Mr David Ford with 1,072 votes. In fourth place... Mr Marcus Burgerland with 955 votes. In fifth place, Mr Peter Clee with 891 votes. In sixth place is Mr Philip Waite with 690 votes. In seventh place, Mr Brian Clark with 687 votes. These seven will form the board after the WIA annual general meeting in Handorf and will likely hold their first meeting on Sunday, May 21. At that meeting, opened by the WIA secretary, the new board, under the constitution, will elect a president and vice president. Another decision to be made is that, under the constitution, up to half of the board will only have a 12-month term with an election in 2018. After that election, the usual two-year tenure for directors will return. Club insurance, public liability insurance. All 103 WIA-affiliated clubs in the group public liability insurance scheme that began April 1 have now received their certificates of currency. Although the total number of clubs taking advantage of the group scheme is slightly down on last year, the WIA arranged insurance is recognised as being of great benefit. Some clubs failed to respond in time or made other arrangements, while others joined or returned to the WIA for their public liability insurance. While the clubs paid about $11,500 to cover their membership, the WIA made a $5,150 contribution to the insurance for WIA members. Some clubs have also taken part in a trial that allows them to send their member details for uploading to automatically provide a breakdown of WIA members and non-members. This has been a tedious task for clubs and the WIA office, but with automation will be a lot easier. By the way, the early figures show that most clubs have a healthy percentage of their members who do belong to our WIA. Aussies tracking satellite. Students of the FH Aachen University of Applied Sciences in Germany will launch the Compass 2 CubeSat in May and are looking for a possible ground station partner in Australia. WIA Director Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, VK4FE, WIA STEM Coordinator, says the International Space Station Crew Fund Scholarship winner for 2017, Ian Breckinen, has asked the WIA for help to track it. From a polar 600-kilometre high orbit, the CubeSat will beacon once a minute the call sign of ON04DL on 437.3. The unique location of Australia makes it ideal for partner ground stations and already had has piqued an interest from RS Telebridge centres here. Soon to be published is software that anybody can use to decode the beacon signal and the launch is likely to be the first or second week of May. Now if you'd like to contact Ian Beckenen, an email address is in our text edition. 
From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning. This is Grant, VK5GR, for the WIA AGM and Convention Weekend Organising Committee again, with some more news about the event. Another one of the activities planned for the weekend you might not be aware of is especially targeted at car enthusiasts. It's a visit to the National Motor Museum in Birdwood, about 25 minutes north of Hundorf in the Adelaide Hills. Since 1965, millions of people have enjoyed rediscovering their motoring heritage at the museum. As an international centre for the collection, research, preservation, education and display of Australian road transport history, the National Motor Museum is much more than a collection of vehicles. It's the social history of the way we were, the way we are and the way we're going. It's definitely an attraction not to be missed. After a look at the museum, why not take a bite to eat at one of the many eateries in Birdwood before heading back to Handorf Oval for the Come and Try Radio Activities Day. At the Oval, one of the main events will be David, VK5KK, who will be running a live 10 GHz EME station operating the VI5WOW special event call sign. Contacts are already scheduled into Europe from 12.30 till 2pm, which is moonset on Sunday. Other activities are also being scheduled, so stay tuned. If cars and moon mounts aren't your thing, then perhaps a spot of nature will enthuse you. John, VK5BJE, will be leading one of the teams that will head out into one of the many conservation parks within the Adelaide Hills area. And as well as HF, he'll also be activating 2 metres and 70 centimetres. So if you haven't qualified for a parks, for one of the uh, convention awards by then, take your handheld. It'll be one way to do it. Details of how to register for an activation team will be provided once people arrive at the convention. In other news, in the lead up to the event, there are many other chances being set up to contact VK5WOW and qualify for the WIA AGM and Convention Award. On April the 22nd, from approximately 11am Central Time, the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group, in conjunction with the Riverland Radio Club's BRL Weekend, up at Overland Corner on the banks of the Murray, will be launching a high-altitude balloon. This time it will have a radio repeater attached. The Riverland Radio Club will be activating VK5WOW through the balloon repeater, which should be heard as far east as Wagga and Melbourne. Maybe Canberra if we're lucky. Watch the AREG website for details of frequencies and times for the repeater and the balloon flight. That's all this week. Stay tuned for more news about the events planned for the AGM and Convention Weekend next week. 73, this is Grant, VK5GR. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Telecommunication regulators in the Netherlands have scaled back considerably the country's formerly liberal 60-metre privileges. Since December 2015, amateurs in the Netherlands have had access to a 100 kHz wideband at 5 MHz with a maximum power of 100 watts. 
On the 1st of April 2017, the allocation has been changed to the global secondary 15 kHz wide allocation with a maximum of 15 watts EIRP. New bands for US amateurs. US amateurs will get two new bands in the near future. On the 28th of March, the FCC adopted rules that will allow secondary amateur radio access to 472 to 479 kHz and to 135.7 to 137.8 kHz. Overage ZU licensees left stranded. SARL News has been informed that since midnight on Friday the 31st of March 2017, the status of a radio amateur aged over the age of 25 and holding a ZU qualification has unfortunately changed to no longer being legally licensed. This is because of the age restriction clause in the radio regulations coming into power on the 1st of April 2017 making South Africa the only country in the world with an age restriction on a licence class. When this story first broke on the wires in the newsroom, we were kind of hoping it were an April Fool stunt, but no such wording appeared after midday. BBC makes 1920s Radio Times magazines available. The BBC has made the earliest issues of the complete Radio Times magazines, 1923 to 1929, publicly available online for the first time. Radio Times began in 1923, a year after the British Broadcasting Company started regular broadcasts and thus provides a valuable record of the programs that have been broadcast over nine decades. Now, members of the public will be able to view the 1920s listings in facsimile, as well as all the extra material contained in articles and features in the magazine that have been previously unavailable on the site. Notwithstanding a series of obstacles, kids in French Guiana speak with Space Station. It seemed nothing was going to stand in the way of nine youngsters and their two teachers from Trois Palais Tourvière, Three Mangrove School in French Guiana, South America, and their chance to speak with astronaut Thomas Pesquet, Kilo Golf 5 Fox Yankee Golf, on the International Space Station via an amateur radio link. The small village of 180 inhabitants between the Amazonian forest and the Oyapok River, a natural border with Brazil, Trois Palais Tourvière, isn't all that easy to get to. It's accessible only by dugout canoe. The trip takes about an hour. At the school, there is no electricity during the day, no internet, and only recently a telephone service. The contact used a teacher's mobile telephone. The contact was a telebridge with Whiskey 6 Sierra Romeo Juliet in California serving as the Earth station for November Alpha 1 Sierra Sierra and two-way audio provided via telephone to the contact site where the youngsters were. Notwithstanding a series of obstacles, the radio conversation between the students and astronaut Thomas Pesquet in French was a success. One of the teachers said this was amateur radio at its best. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham radio operational news, it's contact sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. 2017. January 1, December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. 
WIA's Harry Angel Memorial 80 metre sprint today made the 6 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. May 13 and 15 mills on the air. VK Shires June 10 and 11. Trans Tasman Low Band Contest 160 80 40, Saturday 9 July 15. And start time is 08 hours UTC and finish time is 14 hours UTC. Belgium gets ready for World War I radio centenary event. The Royal Belgian Amateur Radio Union, UBE, as part of the 100 Years Battle of the Mines Remembrance in June, will have an event specifically focused on the use of radio in World War I. An expert of the city of Messer near Ypres is about a forgotten army, the people and material radio communication in World War I. And the UBE will tour related nearby war sites. In an afternoon seminar on June 3, Major Dr. Tom Simmons will speak about tele-radio communication in the Belgian Army. The UBE proudly joined the Wireless Institute of Australia, WIA, in its ANZAC 100 program in 2015 for the centenary of Gallipoli. Now at the City of Messon Town Hall, the development of radio technologies and the evolution of communication will be on show with historic material. UBE will have commemorative station OP0PPY active June 2 to 11 on HF using CW and SSB, VHF, UHF and through the digital and analogue repeaters. Mark is transmitting as DU9-ON5SM from in the now in the Philippines OC130 to the 24th of May. Activity on 80 to 6 metres using SSB, SSTV and various digital modes. QSL to home call ON5SM. Haru will be active as PT9VXG from New Britain Island in Papua New Guinea to the 12th of April. IOTA reference is OC008 and QSLs go via home call JA1XGI. Chung is in Vanuatu on vacation from the 6th to the 17th of April. He'll use call sign YJ0YM and his QSL manager's EA5GL. Tim has reactivated his T2 TD call sign from Tuvalu into Pacific until the 13th of April. He will be on SSB and JT65 on 80 to 10 metres. QSL manager is N7RO. Tony, 3D2OG, is on the air as 3D2OG stroke P until the 28th of April from Rotuma, OC060, a Fijian dependency. Activities on 160 to 6 metres using CWSSB, RITI, JT65 and PSK441. QSL via the operator's instructions. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. A quick look at the special interest group scene, radio, amateur young timers, SOTA and Final Frontier, where Aris Leader wins top award. Amateur Radio on the International Space Station International Chairman, Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, is the Dayton Hamvention Amateur of the Year, to be presented next month. Frank KA3HDO has a long list of achievements, including in 1995 when he proposed an experiment for the AMSAT Phase 3D, the AO40 satellite, to measure the strength of the signal from the GPS satellite constellation. This innovation was picked up and talked about as a breakthrough by the aerospace industry. University trained in both aeronautics and astronautics and first to become a radio amateur in 1974, he has seen many RS developments over the year. The prestigious Dayton Hamvention Award is well earned by this most worthy recipient. NASA releases searchable image, video, audio library. 
NASA officially has launched a new resource to help the public search and download out-of-this-world images, videos and audio files by keyword and metadata searches from nasa.gov. The NASA Image and Video Library website consolidates imagery spread across more than 60 collections into the one searchable location. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur, young timers, a kids event planned at Glasgow, Scottish Hamcom, May 7. The CQScotland.com amateur radio group will be coordinating an electronics computing event for young persons at the first Scottish Hamcom in Glasgow, May 7. Constructors will be offered a choice of electronic projects to build or learn to send Morse using a BBC microbit computer radio transceiver. Worldwide special interest group SOTA Mount Eccles becomes Budgie Bim in a name change. Peter Freeman, VK3PF, was the last person to activate Mount Eccles National Park in the Western District of Victoria before it was renamed by the Victorian State Government. From April 1, it became known as the Budgie Bim National Park, restoring the Aboriginal name and recognising the area's history and significance. This is the 10th anniversary of native title and the area is cooperatively managed by Parks Victoria and the traditional owners. Now, I wonder who'll be the first to activate it under the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Rewind now and did you hear Sputnik in 1957? The ARRL reports a museum in Cambridge, United Kingdom, wants to hear from those who remember hearing the 20 MHz beacon from the Sputnik satellite, which was launched in 1957. The ARRL story goes on to say, As part of an effort to tell the story of the International Geophysical Year, the IGY, some 60 years ago, a Cambridge, England museum wants to hear from anybody in the world who remembers the Soviet Union's launch of Sputnik 1 on October 4, 1957. Many radio amateurs and shortwave listeners of the era were among those thrilled to receive the satellite's 20 MHz beacon. The Scott Polar Research Institute Polar Museum at Cambridge University will mark the IGY anniversary later this year. The IGY was a global effort to better map and understand the planet and it put heavy emphasis on Antarctica as well as studies of space and the atmosphere. The Polar Museum exhibition recounts the story of Sputnik, the establishment of scientific bases in Antarctica and the individuals involved in the IGY. Although largely forgotten now, the International Geophysical Year involved many thousands of people from all over the world and from all walks of life, said museum curator Charlotte Connolly. We'd like to capture some of those experiences in our exhibition and show the phenomenal reach of this important moment for global science. So no matter where you are, if you are among those monitoring and or spotting Earth's first artificial satellite, contact Connolly via email. The exhibit, The Year That Made Antarctica, People, Politics and the International Geophysical Year, opens April 26 in England. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on the linked repeater network originating from VK6 RAP at 9am Sunday morning. I'm Chris, Victor Kilo 6, Fox Charlie Bravo Golf. 
There we be, the end of WIA and the National News Service. On the social scene, this weekend, April 9, Sunday, VK6 Hargfest, the Les Murdy Hall at 96 Gladys Road. April 15, 16 in VK2, Yurunga Radio Convention. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, Clareview Gathering, Clareview between Rockhampton and Mackay. May 13 in VK3, Moorabbin District Radio Club's Hamfest, 10am at the Southern Community Centre Mulgrave. May 19, WIA's AGM at Harndorf, some 25 kilometres from Adelaide. June 2 to 4 in VK4, Teresa Creek Campout Day. June 10 to 11 in VK5, Serg's Annual Convention and the VK Fox Hunting Championships. July 1 in VK3, Gips Tech 2017 Technical Conference in Churchill. And July 22 in VK3, the Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest, Cranbourne Community Hall, Clarendon and High Streets Cranbourne. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB with the hashtag Walk Softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.